Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Tell me, Muse, the story of that resourceful man who was driven to wander far and wide after he sacked the holy citadel of Troy. He saw the cities of many people and learnt their ways. He suffered great anguish on the high seas in his struggles to preserve his life and bring his comrades home. But he failed to save those comrades, in spite of his efforts. It was their own transgression that brought them to their doom. For in their folly they devoured the oxen of Hyperion, the sun god, and he saw to it that they would never return. Tell us this story, goddess, daughter of Zeus, beginning at whatever point you will. Hello everyone and welcome back to our latest episode here on Patreon, and the third in our look at Homer, this time looking at the Odyssey. Well, here we are with our final look at the poet Homer, and now I look at the epic poem, The Odyssey. We first began by looking at Homer himself, and the style of his writing, that would become to be labelled as Homeric. We saw how there was a rhythmic pattern to how this style of poetry would be recounted, allowing the poet a greater capacity for recall. We also explored briefly the two major epics attributed to Homer, the Iliad and the Odyssey. We also looked at the question of Homer's relationship to the title of Homeric poetry. Was he responsible for this style, or was there a much larger tradition with a wider influence seeing its development? The next episode after this, we turn to the first of the epic works attributed to Homer, that of the Iliad. Here we delved a bit deeper into the story of the Iliad, giving us a brief synopsis of the narrative presented. Then we turn to some of the major themes found throughout the work, seeing some ideas we have encountered before in the series, hubris being one that comes to mind. To end our look at the Iliad, we then looked at some questions around the historicity, the war being recounted, as well as Homer's connection to the work. This episode we now turn to the second epic poem attributed to Homer, the Odyssey. This would be seen as being created after that of the Iliad, when viewed in the epic cycle, and as we spoke about last time. Although the Iliad and the Odyssey are both credited to Homer, majority of scholars today agree these works were written by different poets. We will take a similar approach with the Odyssey as we did with the Iliad, where we will give a brief synopsis of the story, though given how the Odyssey is a quite a different tale, I will approach this in a different way. We will look at the locations of Odysseus' travels following his journey while also talking about the possible historical locations these stories were attached to. We will then also explore some of the themes within the poem, expanding on them a little, before we then look at tying up our look at Homer and the poems of the Iliad and the Odyssey. But first, let's introduce ourselves to the work of the Odyssey. Like I said, the Odyssey would be the latest of the Homeric poems attributed to Homer. It is commonly thought that it was composed sometime during the 8th century BC, though the first time it would be published in English, would be in 1614 of our period. 
Unlike the Iliad, it would be somewhat of a tale of adventure, the story following the hero Odysseus, who was the king of the island of Ithaca, and his ten-year journey home from the Trojan War. During this journey, he would encounter many strange lands, people, and creatures, while also being at the mercy of the gods. Meanwhile, during these wanderings, Odysseus' wife Penelope and his son Telemachus are having to contend with over a hundred suitors who are all vying for Penelope's hand in marriage, while also consuming Odysseus' wealth. Like the Iliad, the Odyssey's 12,109 lines would be arranged into 24 books and composed in dactylic hexameter verse. The poem opens up in the middle of the overall story, before then heading back through flashbacks and storytelling to fill in the prior events. The first books are focused with the story through the eyes of Odysseus' son, Telemachus. After this, we are then taken back to Odysseus, who recounts the events of his travels to his Phaeacian hosts, this being towards the end of his journey. Then, towards the end of the poem, we are then taken to the island of Ithaca for Odysseus' return and what is known as the slaughter of the suitors. So let us now delve a little deeper into the narrative of the Odyssey. Book 1 of the Odyssey opens up with the invocation of the Muse, which is the passage we opened up with this episode. This was a common practice by poets, inviting them to inspire their tales. Then we are taken to the narrative beginning on the island of Ithaca, with a focus on Telemachus. The modern island of Ithaca off the Greek west coast is most commonly associated with the Ithaca of the Odyssey. The first four books are also referred to as the Telemica, which is seen as the coming to age of Telemachus. Athena appears in the narrative in disguise and advises Telemachus to hold an assembly made up of the island's leaders to protest the suitor's invasion into his family's life. Two of the suitors would confront Telemachus, accusing his mother, Penelope, delaying in choosing a new husband. Most had assumed Odysseus was dead. The assembly would fail to accomplish anything of any sort of meaning. Telemachus would then secretly set out to Pylos, with the suitors plotting to assassinate him. At Pylos, he meets with Nestor, who had also been present during the Trojan War, and learns some information about his father. He is then encouraged to travel to Sparta, where he would meet Menelaus, who we saw present at the Trojan War in the Iliad. In Sparta, he would learn that his father is alive and held captive by the goddess nymph Calypso. Maybe it goes without saying, but our last two locations of Pylos and Sparta are seen to be where they are located in our times, Sparta being on the Peloponnese in the Eurotas Valley, while Pylos would be situated on the west coast of the Peloponnese. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.